0: So, in sim racing, there can always be a positive disruption, and the man on your screens, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, to the right-hand side, is said person that instigated it back in March of 2020. Welcome to Commentators Corner, the man who runs multiple different uh, entities, including uh, being a co-founder of Burusu Plus, how we first met. Welcome to the show, Florian Hasper. Good to see you, buddy, and uh, firstly, Happy New Year.
1: Hello, Alex. Good to be here. Happy New Year. And uh, yeah, Uh, glad we finally made it. We discussed about doing this together last year already, so I'm happy that we get it done now.
0: Well, I'm, I'm going to basically list off uh, what Florian's involvement is. He's the co-founder and the managing editor of Burrusu Plus, which is a PR and communications agency based out of Munich. That's how we first met back in DTM, of all places, back in 2013 at Brands Hatch, when I first met the legend that is Annie Bradshaw and then came to know you and We've known each other for a decade. Then, of course, the pandemic came around. Virtual Competition Organisation, aka VCO Esports, was then uh, brought along, along with The Herd. And I am, of course, talking about BS Competition. Uh, we'll be getting onto that a little bit later on. Uh, and then, of course, things uh, snowballed. Of course, I still have, in pristine condition, the first ever, ep- uh, first ever issue that Florian personally gave to me at Milton Keynes at the VCO Race Spot Summit uh, of Send It. And then, of course, there's been a lot that's been happening for you, Florian, but how are things, uh, with, with, you know, because you're you're doing a lot of work behind the scenes, uh, especially with, like, say, VCO, BS competition. Now we're going to be going into E-NASCAR for 2024, which is really, really exciting. Um, of course, uh, Vicarus, which was unveiled with the AC, uh, AECH back in December of 22 at the Sim Racing Expo. Um, Want to have a catch up with you about that, but how would, how is your typical day because it's no two days with you are, are ever the same mate because you're a very busy man whenever i uh, send you a whatsapp or a discord message
1: yeah yeah i mean a typical day uh i mean it's it's totally normal uh, this is i think um what what might be special is is the variety of topics that we are dealing with actually and i mean uh and uh <sighs> it's it's like like in your life or uh, any other person's life i mean uh top priority is family i would say so whenever there's anything i've got three kids yeah i mean kids they are almost grown up yeah my my son is 17 and then 15 the two girls and 12 um and a and a great wife so this is when whenever anything's happening there then i have to jump and be there and try to try to be as um, as good of a dad as I can be, and uh, so this is top priority. Then, uh, obviously, we all have to earn money and buy food for the people that we love and ourselves. So, um, so the work at Pursuit Plus uh, with my colleagues here, with my team, this is you know what we do for a living. I would say, yeah, this is where we where we earn our money and where we do services for our customers and so on. So, I must say, this is also a or the second priority because when whenever it's about our customers we have to we have to be there and 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 provide the services that we sold or promised and so on and then there's the there's the huge area of sim racing yeah and the uh, passion that goes in there and it's a merger of all of that yeah i mean it's uh, my my family knows about sim racing now and uh, and they know okay what are you doing there dad why are you spending a saturday night at five o'clock and watching uh, 24 hours of Daytona or Nürburgring or whatever on iRacing or other countless events. and uh, But now they got used to it. And so my family is is on the same page as, as I am. They think it's all mad, but oh. okay. They don't have to love it. Um, and then, yeah, and then uh, BS Competition for sure, VCO. So these are all passion, passion projects for me. And, uh, yeah, this is where I also spend a lot of time. And actually, it never stops. I think this is also something... Uh, you can you can wake me up at two o'clock at night, and I will be. I don't know. I will I will give you a reply, and mm. we can have a chat about whatever you want in sim racing or also motor racing. So, um, yeah, I'm not. I don't need so much sleep, which is quite good.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. That as we get older, Florian, that we we tend to have you know we tend to have good quality sleep, but it's very very minimal. I mean, like say for instance. Uh, A 24 hour race um, whereby you're probably literally having half hour power apps here, there and everywhere whilst trying to juggle when uh, a smartphone either makes you you get a phone call a WhatsApp, a a Facebook message, Discord. There's so much that happens within motorsport and we've we've known each other for a decade so we know how each other works really, really well. But of course, let's turn to VCO first of all. Um, March 2020, COVID-19 hits. And then sim racing is thrust front and center into the limelight, and VCO becomes the power, the powerful disruptive but positive disruptive force. Where we saw competitions such as the esports racing league, the ERL. Then we saw the Pro Sim series, uh, Pro Sim Infinity, uh, which was yeah, Uh, and then of course the esports racing world cup, which has for the last two runnings of it has been won by the legendary team redline and of course um as per the vco website i do see that uh, erwc3 is probably not that far away if i'm very much mistaken
1: well you know uh, anything can happen and we want to keep on doing things uh on a regular basis But uh, but on the other hand and this is always a bit i don't know uh challenge you know what do you do what is fruitful what is the route that that really makes sense to follow and uh, when we started we were yeah we are just trying out things and to be honest the pandemic was was a was a surprise i mean for all of us but uh it was not that that the timing of setting up vco was like okay there's a pandemic sim racing goes through the roof so we do vco so the idea for vco was much earlier and suddenly we were I don't know. Everything was speeding up because suddenly there was uh, a, a big focus on sim racing, and this whole scene exploded to a certain degree, and uh, and we were just starting yeah, and, mm. and and we had our ideas and then so many other things were set in motion in sim racing in general so since then i think vco has developed but sim racing as a whole has been i don't know totally dynamic with things popping up and then going down again so it's like where's the consistency and so on and yeah. this is what we what we try to bring in that at least whenever you see vco on the I don't know uh, stamped on on a product or on a series mm-hmm. or on something, then you know okay I know these guys and what they do is fun and it's uh, entertaining and uh, and I like what they are doing and so on. But the, to be to be fair, the scale of involvement of let's say spending money that we have because what every penny that we've spent so far was let's say penny that we earned somewhere else yeah, yeah. by work yeah so mm-hmm. it's always a big investment so we have been. Or have turned a bit more careful or realistic uh, in terms of price money, like fifty thousand, one hundred thousand, and so on. So we really invested a lot over the past years, uh, and now it's it's rather about refining everything and and seeing: uh, is this really what gets sim racing further? Is uh, can we compete with other entities out there uh, that might have I don't know more money and more prize money uh, uh, to to give away? So I think the whole scene is so much emotion and we try to we try to stick to our promise that we are there and creative uh but we are a bit less crazy than maybe maybe three years ago i would say
0: yeah there was a lot coming from uh from vco of course the the esports studio is still uh close to i think nearly 90 episodes with uh, originally being hosted by ben constant now uh two-time VCO semi-award winner in terms of best commentator, Arjuna Kankapati, uh, with Lewis McGlade trying to spout off on social media. We we both know Lewis very, very well. He's a great guy, and it's always in jest. But, um, you know, there's been a lot of hard work behind the scenes. I mean, I've been part of a couple of, uh, like, say, the, the Virtual Motorsport Online TC UK Championship. I was alongside Cam Roger for a couple of the rounds. It was so good to see uh, the VCO... VCO jumping on board of course uh the the inaugural uh the SimGrid VCO World Cup where I was uh, in some way involved as part of the commentary team but then we look to how VCO is now backing championships such as the uh the iRacing IMSA Global Championship uh you've got the tie with with Boris and the team at uh Low Fuel Motorsport with uh LFMX uh, Flexstream you've got like 24 hours series eSports, form, uh, FSR Formula Sim Racing the VW Jetta Cup I um, forgot about all this
1: already. I think it's you know it's we we did quite a few things actually.
0: Yeah, it seems
1: to be true. But
0: <laughs> but but I, but I think in in some respects it's always good when you're seeing brands like Imza and you've been a regular in the paddock through Brewersid and obviously working with. Uh, one person that we know very, very well, Jens Markwart, former BMW Motorsport head. And now Andreas Roos leads the team, of course. They're going into World Endurance Championship with Team WRT. Valentina Rossi is now a BMW, M, uh, BMW Motorsport Works driver and has just been announced alongside Leno Marcello to run at the Bathurst 12 hours at Mount Panorama very soon. Um, it's it's quite good that IMSA and other championships are coming on board, that they want to they want to bridge that bridge blurred line that we you and I have seen for a multitude of years and that line has got so so small that we're seeing a lot of people either going from sim to real or they're going from real to sim and you're seeing a lot of you know IRL drivers that that do get on on the sims like say Tony Kanaan Daniel Morad, where that line that we saw in in say January February 20, 2020 now in January of 2024, is a completely different mm-hmm. proposition altogether, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and this is, or it all started for VCO with the ProSim series, yeah, mm-hmm. because this was something where we said, okay, there are pro drivers and they are not sim drivers or sim racers. And then there are sim drivers who never have seen a, um, a real-world track, but this is now completely upside down. So we cannot do a ProSim anymore, to be honest, because we, we would have everyone could do everything, you know? So this is a, a huge development. And then if you only, or you already started naming a few, but also with our team, on the team side with B's competition, when we uh, were working with Lauren Heinrich, uh, and now he's a Porsche works driver doing IMSA, DTM and all that. So this is, I mean, it's it's happening. And there are many other examples, also currently Phil Dennis in our team, Robbie Foley. These, uh, so sim racing is very much naturally integrated into racing drivers careers i would say and uh and then you have the and this is the great thing about sim racing or also the big challenge you have so many different aspects yeah you have got um uh, different uh well you've got content creation on one hand and you have uh, the actual racing so uh if think about casey kirvin is he a streamer is he a racer is he so you know i, I think you can have multiple personalities and facets in in sim racing and this is this is what i love about it because it's not just okay you are what you are you do what you do but it's so flexible you can just tell so many different angles and storylines yeah
0: yeah i mean especially when like say uh we're going to mention one of your veteran drivers at bs competition Niels Noyox, uh, who for those that don't know uh goes under the alias sim racing popometer which is basically the 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 back the bottom of your arse, as David Coulthard would say when he was running in Formula One. But not, Niels has been with you guys uh actually now for a couple of years because I still remember when he, uh Gregor Schill and Arthur Camera joined you guys at the herd uh back in January two years ago and it's really good to see that Niels is able to not just show his competitive side as a sim racer, but also be sort of like a a father figure to to the younger members of the herd who are who are joining. You've just made some new signings as well. I think, if I remember correctly, on Twitter you said, "Never did I think that I would be sending a uh, a contract to where was it? I think it was Cornell, if I remember correctly." Um, and you've just you know, so there's it, it's it's always quite funny how things. Uh, I think it was uh, yeah Jonas Valmeyer, uh, if mm. I remember correctly who 's just joined the herd uh, just a few days ago it 's nice to have yeah. people like Niels who have had significant investment into sim racing and are able to give their own insight, even though it might ruffle a few feathers, but we know that Niels calls a spade a spade, he calls it right down the middle mm-hmm. as he sees it um, what 's it like to have someone like him with, with the herd at b s competition?
1: Oh well, I mean, talking about Niels. I mean, Niels is uh, Niels is very important uh, for our team. And as you mentioned, I mean, there are you could criticize him, you could you could you don't have to love him, uh, but he has his, uh, opin- uh, his opinion. He's straightforward, and uh, you can you can be totally creative with him. You can have a great dispute with him. So this is uh, he's a he's a guy, yeah, and uh, and he's and he's so positive for sim racing in the end because i think he's he's seeing it as an industry and as a as a field where where business comes in but where passion is there so you need both so how do you how can you benefit as a driver mm-hmm. let's say by well you devote so much time and, and and you have to devote so much time to sim racing to be competitive but how can it be organized that something's coming back and how can it be done in a system sustainable manner in on on various levels. So I think he's 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 very good and very helpful for sim racing and so I'm glad to have him in our team because yeah, we can just create new stuff and uh, connect Popo Meta with BS competition to a certain degree and just try out new things. And he's very open to, to new things and setting them up for himself as well. In terms of drivers, let's say, in general, as you said, Jonas Wallmeyer and uh, uh, others, Robbie Stapleford for this year, Daniel Alves-Lorenko. So um, there's always a movement, let's say, on the driver market. Yeah. And um, But what is even more important to, to me is that we – that we are very, let's say, solid and stable with our drivers. So uh, I, I almost want to say, once you are a B's competition driver, then then you then you then you are part of the gang, yeah, for the yeah. for a decent amount of time. So whenever people left us, this was rather due to I don't know external factors. So I'm very proud of that because I I always said that the atmosphere and the team should be excellent and uh, and we need to have fun. Um, yes, money or payments, this is definitely a factor. But uh, every penny that we can pay, let's say, that is possible, it's never enough to, let's say, outweigh what time needs to go into sim racing. So Mm -hmm. we we are still only talking about symbolic uh, wages and salaries, at least I can say this for, for our squad um and so on so what we need is a good atmosphere and a good environment and a place where you want to spend some time and so this is crucial for a, yeah for an esports team or sim racing team of our of our size and character
0: yeah i mean it's always good to to see um characters within sim racing and you know we've been in motorsport for ourselves respectively for quite a significant amount of time i mean you know i've when when i uh, and for those wondering Florian gave me one of the most wonderful gifts I didn't quite pester you but I asked for a DTM taxi ride and it finally happened at the Lausitz ring if you might remember Flo it was that really really hot weekend with like 35, 36 degrees and you said well the DTM car's out of the question but I'm going to stick you in the the BMW M3 GT1 and then of all people um, it was good old Dirk Verner I've still got the signed visor by the way That is still pride of place. And I still remember, um, because for those wondering if you are in media and you end up getting a taxi ride and it was with BMW, I can tell you this firsthand, you get a little blue tag on your Puma BMW Motorsport race overalls, which basically means that the driver has libel to scare the absolute shit out of you. And I just said to Dirk, I said, go for it, buddy, go for it. And there we were, Lausitz Ring, 2012 BMW, BMW M3 GT1 spec that ran at Lamar. In at the point, it was uh, that was when Timo Glock was still running in the Deutsche Post livery, if I remember correctly, in 2016. And I just <laughs> said to Dirk, I said, just go for it. So I didn't realize how close to the walls through the curved turns at the Lausnitz ring we were at like 180 kilometers an hour, we were on cold tyres. And so Dirk's warmed up the tires, we've come through the banked right uh, left hander coming onto the start finish straight and I'm key I'm clocking the speedo. We're at two hundred and twenty five KPH and he slams on the anchors going into the, the sort like the piff paff chicane at turns one and two. And I remember my ribcage nearly like trying to burst out like John John Hurt an alien. But, you know, I, I always thank this man because it was one of the most uh visceral experiences as uh as not just a person who works within the industry, but also someone who who loves motorsport, and you know, I'm 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 always in your debt for that, buddy. You know that, and uh, I think it. This was,
1: it, this was a you know, this 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 thing that journalists get let's say a taste of how does it feel to be in the car this is such a great thing and BMW does it other manufacturers do it as well i think i don't know if it's done so much these days but uh, uh, when when BMW was in dtm this was a huge thing i mean Mm -hmm. uh, this was this was the the ultimate let's say motorsport uh, atmosphere that you could that you could uh, could feel yeah and uh, to be honest i i also did it I don't know. Once by myself, and I will never forget it either, because I think then you have a slight idea of yeah, being a, being being on the track and not just doing our commentating and organizing blah blah surrounded. And yeah. this is why why we why we love it. Yeah, because this is what it's all about.
0: Yeah. Um, talking about racing, just to remember, nine months ago, you got you got your first iRacing racing podium, didn't you? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: uh, yeah.
1: I I had to try it and I'm um, and I have a sim at home now which is which is unbelievable and uh, and this is a time thing I would love to do it more then I experimented with streaming and you know it's mm-hmm. just messing around with things and just being happy, yeah having fun and I mean it's absolutely not interesting what I do and what I how I drive and race but it is yeah but then to but I have to admit then finishing I think in this race, someone went off and then I inherited p three or something. but this felt amazing, you know what I mean I mean this this was no achievement, of course because because yeah. it I mean I was driving for five days and then i but but I and then you feel um, or you have an idea of how people feel who win a 24 hour race virtually, who win uh, any. Any race, actually, mm-hmm. uh, on I racing or Scc or well, wherever, but then also in the real world, and and um, this is also something that I will always be thankful uh, uh, or sim racing be thankful for because I think to get myself even closer to motor racing and to the feelings and to the emotions that you have as a driver or as a team principal or whatever, this is this is unique because I always was let's say or were quite detached and you. You write press releases about it, and you talk about it. But then if you sit in a car, if you sit in a simulator, if you, I don't know, are connected to a team quite closely, then, then it feels different.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely does. I mean, I, I had the... Uh, for the last three years, I've been doing the daily reports uh, for Rotax for the grand finals. And it's quite funny when... Uh, I got I got like literally four or five WhatsApp messages. Why aren't you down at the podium? And I said, well, my work doesn't stop when you guys are celebrating with your team and everything and getting the trophies. So I said, there's work to be done, and there were times when, and and Florian, you'll understand this as well, when you're waiting for race control or the stewards to decide results, and like the races, for, the races of like let's say for a uh, typical DTM weekend, you know, back. Back in, in 2016, it was a dual race race weekend format. So you had free practice, you had qualifying for race one on the uh, and then race one on the Saturday, then you had qualifying for, for race two and race two on the Sunday. So from an official standpoint, people from teams were posting results that were, in a way, unofficial. And I remember 2021, we were at Bahrain at the International Karting Circuit, And we had 10 revisions of the Senior Rotax results. And I really. uh, uh, And so I was asked by Strategic Marketing, what do we need to put? And I said, well, we need to put in red capital letters these at the time of this press release going live that's saying that these results are provisional pending official confirmation. And I was getting message. My phone was like literally blowing up. I was quite surprised it nearly didn't overheat in the temperatures that we were having at that point, which was like 28, 30 degrees Celsius. And there were times when you're you're still there at the track until like about 10, 11, half past 12 at night. And then it, 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 it is one of those things, Flo, that we, we both had experience of it. When as soon as everything's finished and you you shut the laptop down, on the Sunday evening, you just go, "Thank God that's over," don't you?
1: <laughs> Thank God that's over, and I will never do it again. Yeah. And then you sit down on, the, on the very next day, and it's happening again. You know, and, and I must, if I may, add this: my worst experience ever was a 24-hour race at Spa, and uh, I was there with BMW, and they were leading, and uh, and and I'm always tempted to do the same mistake again and again, I start writing a final report or release when the race is still going on. Because I want to be prepared and want to be fast and so on. Same I do with BS competition when we, I don't know, do a tweet and then you prepare and you want to be quick. And then whenever you do this, you are heavily punished here because then I no sleep the press release was ready. I said, "Oh, if they win it, it's just half an hour to go, so uh, nothing that can go wrong." Mm-hmm. And then the car crashed, and then it was no victory, but a P, whatever. And then I said, "Okay, I give up. I'm I'm out of here because you know. Then you know you have to start it all again, and you are tired, and and so on." So these were, yeah, funny. Funny parts of my of my career there.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially when uh, the legend, the enigma that is Mr. Alex Zanardi, ran with uh, Bruno Spengler and Timo Glock in the Z4M with Roberto Ravali at Roll Motorsport 24 hours of Spa, and Timo's doing the final double stint. 23 hours on the clock elapses, and one of the pistons goes in the Z4M's engine, and Timo is on the side of the road. And he was just like completely gutted. And Alex and Bruno did the, did what good teammates do. Just go like, look, we pushed. We were on course for a top ten finish. Maybe we need to do this again. And yep. um, which was, which was very well personified through the the film that Nick and Tim Hanna, at our good friends at Stereo Screen did. I I still have quite a few of the DVDs, which includes Twenty Four Hours. Uh, well, one one team, one target, where you had. Uh, great funny segues such as Jörg Müller and Augusto Farfus uh, mm. who know each other very well both live in Monte Carlo and um, Jörg was saying how's your German? And then Augusto's uh, funny German attempt which actually wasn't too bad for a Brazilian uh, made me laugh every single time. I mean I even had the chance to actually commentate on, on Jörg when he came over to Genk with Robert Schlinson mm-hmm. from RS Competition and Jörg was just of the impression, like, yeah, I'm just here to have fun. It's just a bit of carting. And then Robert's like saying, come on, man, you got a push. And he said, what? <laughs> so it's it's always quite funny. And like as people said, you commentated on Jörg Miller, Yeah, but I was in the commentary box the whole time. So I didn't actually get a chance to go down and meet him, you know, mm. which is which is also another another drawback. But I wanted to get on to Vicarus because that was a project that was um, developed through VCO but also Munich Design obviously Christoph Seibel and the team uh, and, and you guys revealed at the Sim Racing Expo in early December the AECH which is effectively a, a GT3 car. Um, I think there's probably some people that haven't really asked you this question but what's the progress at the moment with, with Vicarus and um, an AECH and is there going to be a, a potential timescale not I don't want to sort of like fix you yeah. to a point like saying yeah it's going to be ready and it's going to be on this platform. How are things yeah. looking with the Vicaris project because you know we, we we haven't really heard much about it Florian.
1: No it's true it's true it's a it's a funny timing actually that you that you ask me about it now because uh, after the initial announcement I had hoped for let's say to be quicker in terms of getting this and the goal was to get it into our factor 2 uh, to to start with. Um then there were several reasons why this went much slower than than I would have hoped for. Um, and then actually, the whole situation changed a bit because the plan was to run it in the ERL. And then the ERL, we stepped down because we said, okay, we will see how other projects out there will develop and will we look silly if we continue with what we've done, etc. So this is where a bit more, let's say, motion came or even more motion came into sim racing. So so the, everything slowed down. But uh, actually, a couple of weeks ago, this Vicarious topic um, yeah, came up to speed again. So I'm now intending not to bring it to to 2 anymore, but to Assetto Corsa, uh and then uh, to do certain things with it. Uh, the first step would be to really get it into the game and then have it available and do stuff with it. So this definitely is the goal now. Uh, I cannot give you a time frame, but I hope that it's... I don't know ready in the next 2 to 3 months and then we see what we do or oh, there are plans or ideas uh, how to use the car then uh, but let's see yeah but I I'm definitely haven't given up on this topic uh, so mm-hmm. much work from the from the colleagues at, uh, at 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 Munich design went went into the car and I, and I love it and I mean you know the the idea was even bigger yeah like a range of the car now next thing could be a hypercar could be a so because why it was born? The whole idea was that I was fed up of BOP. I didn't want to yes. have, let's say, so many. And if you wanted to do a certain certain series, so many of the of the VCO competitions were were always with single single make uh, uh, grids, yeah. And uh, then we thought, okay, then we can create our own car. So it's it's VCO branded throughout, yeah um but let's see so the project is not dead. it was it was close to be dead a few months ago but now it's 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 back alive so um let's see but i will keep you posted
0: i'm really glad to hear that because when uh you and Christoph were on the stage speaking to luke about the car and we got the first sort of like wonderful designs uh which i'll actually be putting on the screen now which includes uh a hell of a driver-centric uh cockpit co- kind of uh showcases a little bit of Porsche 918 spider with the way it sort of like wraps around the driver a little bit which is mm-hmm. which is which is quite cool and and you know having the having a very very driver centric steering wheel very much racing yeah. uh racing style like we see on the LMDh cars um yeah. but yeah. it's it's i mean like i'm i'm actually looking at it on my smart on my iphone at the moment and i'm just like thinking God, I remember when we saw the pictures, and I was like, "There's a little bit of there's a little bit of everything in there. It's not just, yeah. it, but it's its own brand." And you know, I'm yeah. really looking forward to hearing from you uh, personally when when you send me WhatsApp and say, "Right, okay, it's ready." You know, um, I, I'm looking I'm looking forward to seeing Thank when that you. car hits the uh, the virtual racetracks, buddy.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, there are there are many people around who who say who talk rubbish etc. so if the project dies I will also let you know yeah. So it's it's always it's always an option. I'm not uh, I'm not here to to tell any any stories. Um so but I want to fight for it and I want to make it happen and so uh so I think there's a good likelihood that we will see it racing.
0: Yeah. Um I wanted to ask now about the decision to go into E-NASCAR for the Coca-Cola series yeah. on iRacing. What prompted um, what prompted that choice?
1: Oh, well, it's also, also a good question. I mean, uh, we, will, we will... No, basically, in sim racing, there are so many things happening. And you know, as a... Well, if you're a team, you at the beginning, you cannot do everything. So you're looking at series, you like them. Uh, I mean, uh, we are pretty much a BMW team, I would say. So Porsche Super Cup uh, on iRacing was never... Let's say our main priority. Then we had Mikkel uh running there. Then Oscar Ruijvene, which is great. He will uh, make his return now. So even if the series are big, it's not a not necessarily that you are competing in it or that you are asked to compete and so on. And then um, yeah, they the conversation started uh, between NASCAR iRacing and us, and then we we got the chance to do it. And uh, uh, so and then we still consider, okay, doesn't make sense for us. So are we? do we have any connection to North America or do we have any connection to, to NASCAR racing? And then uh, obviously we, we confirmed this. And if I look at, I don't know what we, what we do with Turner Motorsport in the, in the IMSA world. Yeah. And so on. So I think there are many, many people in North America, in the U S who, not many, let's say, yeah, in realistic terms, in racing terms, there are, there are people who know BS competition already and I think there is a, there's a, there's a good good chance that this audience will, will grow and that the herd will grow in North America through the NASCAR uh, competition. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward. We, we've, saw, we've seen this since the announcement uh, uh, a few days ago. Um, um, yeah, we have gained followers. It mm-hmm. was a big success. So actually people seem to care that, um, that we are in there or seem to care about NASCAR teams in general. So we are really excited, and now we will see. Okay, which drivers do we do we attract, and so on, and and how competitive do we will we be? I mean, our goal is to be competitive. We never want to show up and finish somewhere. I don't know. Um, it doesn't work all the time, but uh, but we want to we want to leave a mark in NASCAR, and um, so uh, so let's see.
0: Yeah. Um, also, apart from the RWC, which actually took place at Simply Race uh, early last year um you know you recently tweeted about a week ago i love lan events lan events are part and parcel of sim racing of course there was the possibility that it was going to be in germany and then things didn't quite work out we i know about the specifics but we're not going to go into details about it but now uh we've got the the battle for glory Uh, which is the top Racing Unleashed drivers uh, who, funnily enough, at the time of recording this podcast, uh, happens tomorrow in Munich and it's going to be at at Motorworld in Munich as well. That's really exciting that, again, that you're you're making sure that there are certain events that are really, really sort of coming to the fore, of course, uh, like with ERWC. I'm really looking forward to seeing that come back again because, uh, I mean, folks as a sim racing commentator or a commentator in general it is so nice to actually be able to spectate you know you want you you sort of like you like think yeah i want to be a part of this you know I, i might as well give florian a shout you know see if he can get me on board but i know for a fact that there are there are people that have worked with you for for quite a long time of course we can't not talk about vco and talk about certain somebody by the name of mike Yao, who we know very very well who's one of the best broadcasters out there of course luke uh lewis arjuna you and o'leary um uh, are also part of the sim racing space when it comes to commentary um what was the input what was the decision of uh jumping on board with the the battle for glory um event with racing unleashed
1: yeah, I mean, uh, we had been in, in touch with Racing Leash for quite a while. And because, I mean, they have a lounge here in Munich. Uh, so if you're talking about LAN events, I mean, uh, this is so easy. You know, there's a lounge. Uh, you ha- you can do sim racing there on a very high level. VCO and B's Competition, we are also based in Munich. So um, this has been long in the making that we do something together. Now it's this event. So we look uh, look into it and we yeah we will cover it on our channels and we will try to yeah uh, try to support it as best as we we can as VCO like with our with our audience that we that we bring to the table and just see um uh, how we can how we can use the fact that there is a that there's a regular LAN place you know oh. there are many lounges out there I understand that but Racing Unleashed really has a has a has a great concept behind their leagues and so on so um, so some great sim racers will be there already I think it's I think many of the other great sim racers that are maybe focused on 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 other platforms they don't know Racing Unleashed so much so it's also a thing of Making it uh, making it um, a, a bit more popular on, on on this end. So I think there's a lot of room for development. But but what they have with Racing Unleashed, a place to do sim racing on a high level, where you can do a great production, you can have people together, you can in, uh, invite guests and spectators and fans and so on. Um, this is this is a great starting point, and I think uh, this is why we the, uh, yeah work together now for the first time for this event over the weekend.
0: Yeah. Um, of course, VCO wouldn't be VCO without the simis. Um, we've just had the the fourth year of it running uh, where we've had some new names actually added to the list. Uh, and I am actually going to the VCO esports Twitter because a certain someone decided, I wanted to check how many simis have been awarded since 2020. Yes. And iRacing, uh, what was it? iRacing have got six Jimmy Broadbent have got f- has got five red line four, uh, two simis to BS competition Lewis Mcglade Arjuna Canker Party Fanatec, and the twenty four hours Lamar virtual. Then we had uh, yeah one simi next level racing D box. Uh, we've got the likes of James Baldwin UOL and of course uh, a certain name that I have dropped Boris Sharp from LFM uh, was in- introduced to this year's hall of fame um which is really really good to see uh reese carroll was uh voted uh through not just the public votes because there has been an evolution which was quite public about how the simi awards were were to be done which has been quite refreshing and i have to say Mm. it's it's great to hear that um you and obviously james parfit who's a previous guest had a very long discussion about it and i think it's really good that Awards like this um, do recognise the right people, but obviously it has to be structured in the right way. It was quite funny because um, Steve from <laughs> Speed Capital, aka SimGrid, actually said, "Yeah, I, um, I actually voted for you as best commentator for one of the VCO Simi Awards," and I was like, "I didn't know that. I'm not, I, and I'm one of these people. Um, like when." when it came time to vote for the 2023 Simi Awards, I said, look, like, there were so many people deserving. I wasn't like going, yeah, vote for me, vote for me, like some people do, which is understandable. And I can appreciate that. And I just said, look, vote for who you think you want to win that award and let's see what happens, which is yeah. which is quite a good thing. But, um, you know, it's always good to see that people in this industry do get recognised for it. And I'm really, really pleased that the VCO Simis have been a way in which the... The community has a say in the matter of who they want to be a simi award winner.
1: Yeah. To be honest, I've I think I've I've learned a lot about sim racing uh, by let's say dealing with the simi awards and also working on the on the format with with various people over the years. To be honest, uh, it was always or has always been, and this is very important to me. A very uh, or oh, from our organisational side, totally neutral thing yeah mm-hmm. because I never earned a penny with the simis. I only spent money in the in the first years we 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 um in the first year we added free charity money for each winner which was I, I don't know five hundred or one thousand euros that the winner could give to a charity I would love to do it again to be honest to bring more uh, even more let's say uh um force into the whole thing yeah but yeah. uh I think even even just the trophies and the and the, and the and the announcement and the and the yeah appreciation of of things is is a good thing but i also must say that uh, that it never can be and this is a maybe a thing of society in general i mean what is objectivity what is subjective yeah so mm-hmm. uh, is it also is it is it just or is it a, a right thing to ask people for one vote in a category well there are nine other people who deserve it yeah mm-hmm. so uh this is a general question where you i don't know then you could talk about the oscars and the gold globes and all everything yeah so uh and after all these discussions that we had i decided that that it's still worth to continue and that you never get it right for everyone because there are many reasons not to like it and not to support it so i never ask anyone to support it to be honest so uh, it's a it's an entertainment thing yeah it's an mm-hmm. entertainment thing people should think or look back at the year and see okay this happened and Mm -hmm. uh, maybe some events are featured or seen and others were great that were maybe smaller or differently but that just didn't make it through the nominations uh, process that comes from the community as well yeah Yeah. also very important it's not me making up nominations Mm -hmm. so um so i'm totally at ease with everything uh, or with how the how the semis went to be honest over all those years but especially this year or last year and uh yeah so i think it's good yeah and i think we will try to develop it further for this year uh i dream or oh, i'm dreaming of a of a red carpet event uh, or at least something like that yeah let's see if we can make it happen um or develop it uh to this thing because i think And this is the crucial bit. I think the sim racing community um, is is not just this one community. There are several communities, countless maybe. So Mm -hmm. it's always hard if someone says, but you have to ask their community and involve their community. But then the question always has to be, which community are you talking about? Is it your community or is it this community? And then the next one shows up and says, so I'm, I'm a bit critical about this but i think sim racing deserves that there is a chance to unify behind something where you say okay it doesn't matter what i do uh, and where i race which game i use which competition i did which team i belong to uh, if i'm just an amateur or i'm just a fan and or a pro or whatever but i accept that this guy there deserves this I don't know, trophy or award, because I like his commentary, or I can understand people like his commentary or, or the other categories. So I think it would be good for sim racing to be a bit more, let's say, uh, sometimes less critical or less, uh, but to unify behind anything, because then you are stronger as a whole. Yeah,
0: True. I, I think as the old saying goes, Florian, you can't please everybody. Uh But I think, yeah, if... If if you said right, Alex, there's some, uh, send me your address. There's an invitation, and if it's like yeah, red carpet to the VCO simmies, I'd be there on a heartbeat. I'd be booking my flights. I would quick love and, it. You know, I would love it. That that's that's the thing. I think, as you say, the everyone on social media or on forums are very much can be very hypocritical, and I'm always of the opinion that sometimes if it's constructive. And it doesn't come across as aggressive. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. But then there are people who put down their two cents, hit enter, and don't think of the consequences, and then get the backlash as a, or, or someone gets the backlash as a, as a, as a direct correlation. But we'll move away from the simmies, because I'm so glad that the nineteenth to the twenty-first of January. It's the start of another VCO Grand Slam on iRacing with the Daytona, the iRacing Daytona 24. I mean, I've always enjoyed the fact that I think, what is it? It's Daytona, Sebring, the Six Hours of the Glen, and also Petit Lamar, if I remember, as per the iRacing um, special uh, special events. Um Again, it's it's just, it's so cool that we've now got all these GTP cars on iRacing that we're able to see people like, say for instance, BS competition going to BMW M hybrid V8. You've got the Caddies, you've got all the other cars that are starting to come through. Of course, we've got a a, a smorgasbord of new LMDH mm-hmm. and GTP cars coming to IMSA and WEC this year. We've got... Um, so BMW now having tested the M V8 Hybrid with uh, Team RLL in the US, now going with Team WRT with Vincent Voss and the crew in the WEC, and then we've got Lamborghini uh, coming in with the SC63. Um, you know, Porsche has always been a stable. How excited yeah. are you about the Grand Slam kicking off again, where we're going to ha- we're going to see a lot more GTP cars that everyone yeah. sees re- in real life in both WEC and, and in, in IMSA.
1: No, I mean, to be honest, this is it's just crazy because I think Daytona on iRacing is the biggest sim racing event in the world. Yeah, I mean, you can you can talk about price money and others here and so on, but if there are 16,000 or 17 or 20,000 people, uh, doing one thing, let's say doing a race at the same time, let's say roughly, I yeah. think this is a this is a crazy motor racing, uh, yeah, event. Yeah, and so we are just Really happy that 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 iRacing allows us to be a part of it, yeah. And um, this is one of these various roles that we have as v- v- VC We are here, rather, I would say, a partner of iRacing. We we try to support the event. We we don't do a lot, to be honest. We we add trophies for the winners. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe we. We are we we hope to have another incentive this time, um, which which I cannot uh, uh, talk about just now. But uh, this could be could be quite cool also in terms of IMSA <clears throat> connection and so on. But let's see. Um, but yeah, we are just totally happy to to help or to be part of the of the whole vibe of of Daytona and also about the other uh yeah grand slam events which are all let's say IMSA related events like Sebring Watkins uh, Watkins Glen and uh, and Petit Um and i mean as you mentioned i've done so many races in the us i've i've been to all these races and so it's for for me personally it's ultra special to because uh, i because i've been there and, uh, and and it feels like the real races um uh, i must really admit it is ultra special and uh, and i think even even though as a driver or a, or a team you don't feel it too much or mm. the, 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 the VCO connection is not, let's say, apparent, but I think if you have won your class and uh, you have your little trophy on your desk and you know, okay, I've won, a, I've won a VCO Grand Slam event on iRacing, I think even to some drivers it is something special or more special than just winning any, I don't know, race on iRacing. So, so I'm really glad that we are part of it.
0: Yeah, it's so it's it's like one of those memories that they've got something physical that represents an achievement, and they'll go, "I will take that to the grave." Effectively, yes. um, <laughs> you know, which is I
1: mean, you know, posters and stuff, and so so we so there's something haptical and visual that you can memorize, and this is if I if I'm allowed to say that this is a, a challenge in sim racing. If a, I mean, we've won races with these competition. And in the in the normal world, we meet for at the hotel bar for a beer afterwards. Mm-hmm. We can celebrate, or if it was a big win, we rent a restaurant and have the party of our lifetime. Yeah. But in sim racing, the guys are if you are not a in go now in a, in a team house or where, wherever, um, then you just shut down the laptop and then it's over and it's nothing more. And then everything's dark and it's very depressive actually mm. because you cannot celebrate. I mean, we do things like. Okay, we we all order food and drinks, and we I don't know party uh, with ourselves uh, via Discord or whatever. Yeah. But this is something where we really have to yeah uh, increase the value of the of the LAN events and really um uh, yeah celebrate on site together, and so this all goes with positivity and with the uh, and with the with the love of being together and hanging hanging around or hanging out together and uh, just party and have fun after after a great race, and sometimes you win sometimes you lose yeah but uh but it needs to be this joy of of doing your sport or your passion there
0: yeah, I still remember the um talking about celebrations, I still remember um 2016 Hockenheim season finale. Marco Wittmann winning his second DTM title. Um, I remember I caught up with Augusto briefly and for those that might remember that weekend that was actually the final weekend for Martin Tomczyk and Antonio Felix da Costa as official BMW DTM drivers. I remember because I was there for every every single event Um, and then I still remember um, I don't know if you might remember this, how wild the party was. We had Oli Fritz, former Mercedes-AMG DTM boss, uh, completely drunk. Uh, he, I was, well, myself and you might remember um, Tamara Allaire and Abel Cruz. Uh, we used to be like best buddies. Um, mm-hmm. And so we, we were told, OK, you can come into the party, but make sure you've got your media passes with you. OK, fine, not a problem. Um And that was the week that I'd actually done a road trip. So I'd actually gone to the Nürburgring, gone to the paddock area. And I said to you, I've got a BMW fleece, which I still have to this day. It still fits. The official BMW works um, Puma fleece. And I said, I'm going to wear it during the party if Marco wins the title. I was a man of my word. And then I remember we walked. So we put our laptops in our cars and everything and locked the cars up. Then walked past the Mercedes hospitality, wondered where the three-pointed star at the top of it was, and I then bumped into Maxi Gertz, Maro Engel, uh, uh, and everybody else from Merck, including uh, a good friend who is still sorely missed, Ollie Kapfenstein, who we lost a few years ago, uh, former head of communications for for Mercedes DTM. And I remember the three-pointed star was on Maxi on the front of Maxi Gertz's uh, hoodie. So he had the Mercedes snapback, hoodie, jeans, white Air Force Ones, and then had this big three-pointed star around his chest, which had been gaffer taped by the brightest blue gaffer tape I've ever seen in my life. And then I remember... sport are doing a uh, well i remember certain things happening marco saying in the press conference saying i'd like to invite everyone to the party at bmw which is like which is just the germanic way of doing things like if you're the champion hey come on everybody celebrate with me um and then i remember two of the ladies from mercedes has actually brought the other 3 pointed star at the hospitality and stuck it on the outside of the glo- uh, on the window Right by where it said, congratulations, Marco, on your second title. I took a photo. I showed it to Ollie and I said, uh, Ollie, how's about this for a, a weird press release for tomorrow on Sportlines or something like that? Yeah, 20, 2017, Vitman switches to Merck <laughs> You know, like, just as a bit of a joke. And then they they put out this bullshit article calling, saying, uh, DTM, Mercedes crashes BMW's party. And I remember it because I got sent the link and uh it was so funny because one of the one of my friends went did they actually crash the party i went no because marco in the official televised live press conference said please come to the bmw hospitality to celebrate my second title and i remember um now i uh, i heard a story not too long afterwards which actually got broadcasted on german media because of course you were with you were you were in the paddock at the time as well. Did Marco miss his breakfast appearance the following morning?
1: <laughs> I I think it's a it's a possibility. Yeah, yeah
0: okay. That but, that, that...
1: Yeah. to be honest, maybe I also missed it, you know what I mean? And so we were all happy that uh, yeah. uh that there was no no appearance. So uh, it is possible, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. because,
1: because, there, because there was this routine or not a routine, but uh, I think in the in the in, in the morning after winning the title, then there was breakfast TV uh, in, in in Germany or early morning. I don't know how you call it in England, but so um, yeah. uh, so yeah. this this was then something. Okay, how did the party go and so on? Which is such a cruel thing you can do to people because th- this is really early and the party has been long and so on. But I I can't remember this particular uh, situation to be honest, but. I just can say all these parties at the end of DTM seasons has, uh, were great. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't remember many of them.
0: <laughs> That's always a well. I mean, there. I mean, especially when there's vice or pillars or jägermeister involved, folks. It does happen. People's yes. memory does lapse. And thank you for being completely honest about that, Florian, as well. Um, but I just wanted to. I, I've got a final question because we, I'm trying to wrap these up within an hour. And this is a question I ask to all my guests, Florian, um, which is you have a choice of a road and a race car that you can choose to drive. So if you're given no, no glass ceiling, no budget cap or anything like we have in Formula One these days, my God. Um, so you can have a choice of a road or, uh, and a race car and you can choose either a stretch of road or a track you want to drive them at. What would you go for?
1: Oh, I must say one thing, uh, and this is maybe disappointing. Or, or huh? I'm not too much into cars. Yeah, so I'm a totally tech noob. Yeah, I don't. I cannot give you long talks about engines and about. Oh no no, no 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 that's fine. Yeah,
0: that's no, fine. no,
1: no, no, no. So, so I've no no, but I know cars and so on. But I'm not uh, not a passionate fan, which was always a bit of a help because I never got dragged too much into. The whole thing, but I could be—I don't know—a bit detached or neutral on, on the things. But if I remember, when I when I started twenty four hour twenty four hours Nurburgring, uh, I think it was two thousand four and two thousand five uh, with um, and two thousand three as well. I think two, uh, in two thousand three it was the. Dry Ice drama for Schnitzer Motorsport where they where they were the favorites to let's say win with the M3 GT R uh, at the Nürburgring and then there was this formation lap and they put dry ice and then the the brake lines I don't know were damaged so they DNF'd um and this was a drama and then they came back and won uh, scored 1 2 wins in 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 2004 and 2005 so the car needs to be M3 GTR r uh, for me, This because this is the winning car for me. This is how it all started. And to be honest, it, it must be Nordschleife as well, because uh, so many good memories, so many tough nights and and long nights. And then also, and then you look in, at the beast competition story, 24 hours Nürburgring, I think it was 2020, we won it. We won it uh, on iRacing. Then I think two years later, we won it again. So our big special event wins. We also won Spa, but uh, it cannot be a coincidence that this is also uh, Nurburgring with BMW. So uh, okay. this needs to be the combination here. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to. So we're making this effectively, folks, a BMW spec. Uh, final question to Commentators Corner. Now I'm going to cast your mind back a little bit, Florian, um, because you had the opportunity to drive the new M2 in Portugal. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to basically say that car, which I think, if I remember correctly, is the was the new the current generation, the new generation of the M2, um, yeah. and that car I would probably end up driving probably around the Algarve, yeah. but then race car. And this is where I bring back our good old DTM days, my friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a car that a lot of people might not know the correlation, but Florian will when he under, he'll he know exactly which car. The Black Beast. The okay. 2012 DTM championship winning M4 DTM, if I remember correctly, or M3. That Bruno won. BMW bank car that won the title when BMW came back with a bang, won all three titles uh that year. And it is the Black Beast at Hockenheim.
1: Yeah. What a, what a comeback, what a development of the whole season. I mean, when we started, when they started, it was, and we looked at it, you know, it was not like you expected BMW to win the title. There. It was a, and Mercedes was so strong and so on, but then it got better and better. And then I think the first, podium was at the Lausitz ring or the first pole or I don't know so Bruno got into the season better and better and then this finale at Hockenheim and him standing on the Black Beast like you know like uh, Matador and so on so oh, this yes. was this was high level motor racing history written even if you know you're not I don't know not a DTN fan or whatever but this was this was a textbook um, yeah it was so exciting crazy moment
0: I know. Uh, I still remember when, yeah, he jumped on the roof of the Black Beast and like literally did the, yes, like that, like most people do when they've won a title. But I think it was, if I remember correctly, BMW were the winning manufacturers. And at that time, Bruno was running with the late legend that is Mr. Charlie Lamb and Team Schnitzer, and he was the driver's champion that year. Um, Florian, thank you so much for jumping on board for episode 41 buddy, it's been a real, real pleasure having you on. Folks, don't forget uh, all the relevant social medias for Florian, for VCO for or VCO Esports, BS Competition uh, if I find any for Burasu Plus, they'll also be in the links down in the description, but don't forget 19th to the 21st of January, 2024. The first out of four races of the VCO Grand Slam takes place on iRacing at the Daytona International Speedway. Any, any final words for him before I close things up here on the show?
1: No, thank you for inviting me uh, to this and uh, yeah, enjoy sim racing, enjoy the real world motor racing. And it's always great to catch up. And uh, I think we, we will continue this in the next years as we've done over the past, uh, I don't know, 13.
0: Something like that. But folks, folks, as I always close out the show, if in doubt, flat out, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening on the respective audio platforms, Downforce Radio, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and for those that have also subscribed and liked this video. So we'll see you again very soon for episode 42 of Commentator's Corner. Until then, goodbye.